This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Melanated Faith, a podcast about faith and culture. On this podcast, you're going to hear the truth spoken, the tea spilled, and pop culture explored by your co-host, Faith and Catherine. Hi guys, welcome back. Today we're going to be discussing chapter nine, Relationships Restored. In this chapter, Tasha talks all about reconciliation and what actually the word what that word actually means um i think oftentimes in conversations about reconciliation um the process can get hijacked because we all have different understandings of what that word means so up to this point tasha has walked us through the different steps involved um in racial reconciliation um and now we're into the nitty-gritty guys where the rubber hits the road um so faith Tell us why you think it matters what reconciliation means. Like, what are we talking about when we're talking about reconciliation? I think that some people confuse reconciliation and what I I will say what I mean, what I think when I'm thinking of reconciliation um, and maybe some others. I feel like for some um, people, reconciliation sounds really palatable and like really easy to accept. Like, yeah, like we're just going to hug it out. And that means everything's okay, right? Like we're reconciled now Um, as if there's no like actions or steps or systems of oppression that have to be dismantled, you know, Um, reconciliation isn't just about hugging it out. In fact, I don't think it's about hugging it out at all. I think it's more so about this acknowledgement of these systems and and wrongful thoughts and ideologies and then choosing to say, you know what, like I want restoration. Um, but there's repentance involved and, and other steps that you have to do to true in order to truly be reconciled. So one way that Tasha puts it that kind of sums it all up um, that I like, I'm going to read it. It says reconciliation means more than restoring individual relationships. It also involves healing communal and societal connections fractured by government abuses, systems of oppression, and systems of structural privilege. When people hear that, they're like, wait, 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 wait. Now you got the government involved. You just said oppression and you said privilege. Uh-uh. I know the P word. I know that privilege word. You're getting people. I mean, people pulling their hair out when you say privilege, but the fact of the matter is, is that privilege exists. And yes, I'm talking about white privilege. I said it, I said it, and I'm not taking it back. I think that we have to be honest about the fact that reconciliation includes all of these things. It includes addressing the things that need healing, which is Societal connections, once again, fractured by government abuses, systems of oppression, and systems of structural privilege. So when we say reconciliation, we're not saying 
kumbaya, my lord, around the fire with marshmallows and chocolate and just living our lives. No, we're talking about this is activism, y'all. This is engagement. This is talking about dismantling systems. And that's not going to come from just hugging it out. That's going to come from people repenting, having true heart change, wanting to address these issues. So reconciliation, it sounds great, but are you really with it? That's all I have to say. Yeah, I think that's like, really, are you with it? Um, That is the question. Because reconciliation is not passive. Um, It's not simply diversity. Like, you know, I think oftentimes people think they're doing reconciliation if they have a diverse friend group. Um, That's not reconciliation. Um, You know, it's great. And you should absolutely have a diverse friend group. But that is not what we're talking about in this context. Um, Because I think that that um, uh, makes people I think sometimes diversity has people thinking that they're reconciled when they're not really that like, really, it's just like, either tokenism or maybe people of color come to your meetings, but they don't tell you how you're real. They really feel. Um, and so I think, you know, to examine, to examine that. Um, and I wanted to say one other thing about privilege, something that happened recently is there's also, there are multiple kinds of privilege, you know, faith mentioned white privilege. Um, one I would like to talk about because I see it also in racial reconciliation is, um, class privilege, middle class privilege. So this idea that like you're willing to like reconcile and engage people of color that maybe have your same socioeconomic status or you're only, let's talk about it this way, actually. There are multiple kinds of privilege. Um, You know, Faith mentioned white privilege. I want to talk about um, middle class privilege and class privilege and the ways in which certain people of color are more palpable palpable because maybe they are the same economic class as you. Um, And, you know, another thing related to that is people want to have relationships with people of color, maybe that are impoverished, but they don't have any peers, right? So like they don't have any relationships with people of color that don't need anything from them. And so again, that's another way of maintaining power. That's not reconciliation. Um, I love that you go to the inner city school and read to the kids, read to the babies. Like that is so important. We should all do that. But again, that's not reconciliation, right? And so this, again, this idea that like, you know, I'm sure I riled some people up, but class privilege is a real thing. Um, And I think in the context of this conversation, it's like, are all the relationships that you're having um, either with people who are of your exact same class or people who are a lower class than you? Um, Because again, that is a system of structural privilege. um, And we are talking about reconciliation that dismantles that. Um, Yeah, I think that, you know, and I will say this about to Tasha's point about government abuses, just because this is like my area of expertise, um, we often hear in conversations when it starts talking about reconciliation and dealing with systems and govern the government, right? You've heard it. I've heard it. Please stop. You're being too political. Like, can we just all get along? Like, why you got to make it political? Why you got to bring that up? And I want to say to that, um, first of all, as a Christian, to declare Jesus is Lord is political. That is a political statement, right? Like to say that your allegiance above everything else, above, above country, above all these other things is a political statement. And I think, you know, I always say like, and when you say that, you are saying, I 
am committed to Jesus above everything else. And so there might be times when your politics, your allegiance to um, your political party will be tested by that allegiance to Jesus. Um, But I just to say for those of you that are nervous about political engagement is I think it's important for Christians to be involved in, in politics and public policy, not to be partisan. There's a difference, um, you know, between partisanship and being political. Um, but politics is just a practical way to love your neighbor, right? It is a practical way to bring reconciliation and restoration because some of these, these abuses, some of these inequalities that we're talking about are being perpetrated by the government. So I'll give one just quick example um, from my own kind of personal experience. So we talk about the school to prison pipeline, right? So that kids of color, black boys and black girls and and in Texas, Hispanic children are overrepresented when it comes to school discipline. Um, This is dangerous because there are lots of studies that have shown that, you know, out of school suspension, um, going to alternative educations, Kids that experience those things are, are more likely to end up in the prison system as adults or even in some cases in, as in, as juveniles. Okay, so that is a, in some cases, that is a state policy, right, that says kids have to be suspended for X, Y, and Z behaviors. And then there's like a school board layer of a school board policy and how they're going to deal with um, kids that maybe are acting out or misbehaving. So if we're talking about reconciliation that restores, that deals with fractured relationships, deals with fractured um, government abuses, things that have been fractured because of government abuses, which is the overrepresentation of children of color in, for example, out-of-school suspensions, an act of reconciliation is to go to your school board meetings and bring that issue up and say, we want a school discipline policy that does not result um, and kids of color being overrepresented in out-of-school suspensions. And it, you know, if people want to hire me to consult them, I can give you <laughs> some more practical ways to do that. But the issue is part of reconciliation may involve being political and getting political. And so don't shy away from that. Um And people probably will ask you to be quiet and to stop being so political. But um, I think you're being faithful to what God called you to do and to being faithful to this idea of being reconcilers. Um, It maybe involves getting involved or even running for your local school board. Yeah, I mean, I think running, getting involved. And for the first time, I want to say last year, we had some um, there was an election that happened in Harris County and I was working at the voting booth. Like I was like a voting volunteer and it was a part of my internship. I got hours for doing it. Um, that's one of the things that I love about being a social worker is all the experience that you have to have in the community and advocating. Um, it was amazing. And I am definitely going to do it again for sure, because I had such a great experience and people were so surprised to see a young person who was volunteering at a polling place. They were like, oh my gosh, like you're young. <laughs> wow. Faith, think, way to hold it down. Cause I don't think I've ever seen a young person at the polling place. And it was like, okay, it wasn't like it was thrilling, but it was cool. And it was cool to see the people like coming to vote. And some of the older people were like really dropping some gems talking about how, you know, this is how they try to get us. They switched the polling place on us last minute. 
how they're always acting up like we want to vote and they were like had people driving them and like their vote mattered and it really was a reminder and shout out to all the young people y'all get out there and vote because there are literally people especially like that laid down their lives in the black community for us to have a vote and so for us to squander it and or not care about it to me that just feels so ignorant and I think that there are people who will have you thinking that getting involved um, politically and being educated politically isn't the right thing to do that you just need to remain neutral and not do anything at all or stick to the script if you will we all know what the script is we don't even have to rehearse it we know what the little special you know christian script is you're supposed to have about politics um you i think sometimes you gotta let go of this be willing to let go of the script to yeah. really educate yourself. Well, I think we know that being too political is code for you're making me uncomfortable and you're making me have to think about issues I don't want to think about. You're making me talk about something I don't want to talk about. And in terms of like Christian political engagement, we know what the two acceptable political issues that people have no problem somehow when it comes to the pro-life movement, people have no problem understanding systemic injustice um, and getting involved in voting their values. But when it comes to race, racism, um, it seems like that's too political. Um, so I think to be wary of that, like, I, you know, I'm not saying it's probably not healthy. Um, I think, you know, voting and p- being engaged in politics is just one thing. Um, you know, we always want to be careful to keep the main thing the main thing, with the, which is Jesus Christ. Um, but this idea that, like, some of that you got to learn how to like throw back, right? Like that's not like actual advice that someone is giving you based on the fact that um, you're, yeah, that you're being too p- political or you're being too angry. It's just that they don't want to hear you have to say. And so that's a way for them to shut down the, the conversation. Um, so, I, you know, we will r- wrap it up. Um, so the important thing to remember is just that Jesus models reconciliation for us. Um, you saw that um, when Peter denies him three times, you know, Jesus comes back and, you know, he forgives him, but he also restores Peter um, in fellowship. And then obviously Peter is one of the founders of the spread of Christianity. Um, and so I say all that to say that the point of reconciliation is to restore relationship. Um, Again, we're not about, um, you know, just saying things to say things, to hear our own voice. Um, We want people to be restored. We want systems to be dismantled. Um, And so, yeah, so we'll just leave you with those thoughts. Um, One question that we have for you guys to think about is in your own life, where do you feel like the reconciliation process gets hijacked? Um, And then for you, why do you think it's important to have the same definition of reconciliation when you enter into these conversations and relationships? Um, Faith, do you have any parting words with you? My parting words are there are ways to get involved in your community, like attending community meetings about gentrification and learning about things that matter locally. And I love community meetings. I encourage people to attend them, to be involved in them, to know where you live and know the people in the city in which you live in. And so get to know people, get out there, ask yourself these hard questions and, um, Don't make excuses for why you shouldn't engage. Lean in and ask yourself, why wouldn't I? 
Thanks for joining us. Don't forget, Be the Bridge, Pursuing God's Heart for Racial Reconciliation by our friend Latasha Morrison, available now wherever books are sold. Get your copy.